0: I'm going to attempt a, another podcast here. I don't know if Trevor ever aired the last one. That was kind of more of a test than anything, but uh, I'm Trevor's dad. And so he's asked me to do some podcasts. Of course, I was a pastor for 27 years. And uh, one of my favorite things to do was expository preaching. I would preach through various books of the Bible. So I had this whole series on the book of 1 Corinthians um, that I did and I it had an overall theme, which I entitled the contrast of Christianity. Um, And the whole concept was to show throughout, or at least what I thought the book showed, was how Christians contrast society, how we're different from the rest of the world. And, And we're the ones that, you know, people should notice because we don't go with the flow. We're not like everybody else. We do things the way God would instruct us to do, whereas the world is follows Satan. And so um, we we should kind of be the color in a black and white world. And I, I'll probably mention that again more often than not. But um, yeah, as we go through the book of uh, uh, First Corinthians, and I don't know if I'll do a podcast, enough podcasts to do the whole book, but I'm going to at least start here in the first chapter and kind of talk about that. But I do want to drive home the thought that um, the, the overall theme that I'm driving at here is the contrast of Christianity. So as Paul wrote to the Corinthians there, he was instructing them in, you know how to handle different situations and that sort of thing. And, and what he was trying to point out was the way that God would have them do it rather than the way that the world would have, to have them do it. Now, I want to give you some background uh, that a lot of you are probably familiar with, but I'm going to go over it again, just so we kind of set the stage and we get an idea of what the Christians in Corinth were dealing with. Um, Corinth, um, of course, was uh, part of, uh, of Greece, and it was located on an isthmus um, that separated the Aegean and the Adriatic Seas. It was a, a piece of land that, um, you know, it, 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 there was sort of a, it wasn't really a strait, but the sea, the two seas met there. But there was this little small strip of land that separated them that they have, would have to negotiate there. So it, it, it cut off a lot of travel to be able to do that. But again, you, you had to get through that little piece of land and so you had to portage through it. But <clears throat> so it, it attracted a lot of different people. Um, the shipping community there was very big. And uh, it it attracted people from all walks of life. Um, people willing to tackle the uh, portaging of ships across the isthmus. Um, the the, the merch, uh, merchants, uh, owners of the ships, uh, people selling goods, all the way down to just the laborers who were there to do the grunt work um, and so you had a pretty broad range of people from all over the world too uh, so you you had different types of people you had different classes of people you had different nationalities you had a hodgepodge there of pretty much you know it was a microcosm of the whole world it was also the location of what was called the Isthmian games which was just a reference to the Isthmus um, which attracted all nationalities. That was kind of the precursor to the Olympic Games. People from all over the world co- would come and compete in various sports. They had an arena there that seated about 20,000 people. Uh, they also had the Temple of Aphrodite. Of course, um, you know, mythology was um, kind of the rule of the day. Um, a lot of different gods and goddesses, and Aphrodite. Um, was you know the, the focal one there and this temple actually housed about a thousand prostitutes. they would come and live there at the temple and prostitute themselves in order to um, to generate funding of course for worship and, and for their religion. In fact there was a term that was used and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right but it was uh, the term was cor- uh, Um and it meant, to act Corinthian and people would refer to uh, others around the world for that matter or at least you know pretty broad uh, spectrum um, as people who act acted Corinthian because it was so well known uh, for that particular practice um, so it was coined for one who was to practice fornication um, it was that that widespread <clears throat> it became became home like I said to very, the very wealthy, most of them pagans, and the poor sluggard who was just looking to make a buck. I remember I used to be in the moving and storage business, and we'd go into a city to load or unload a shipment, and we'd go to the truck stop a lot of time and look for lumpers. And were, these were guys that would just go to the truck stop and wait for trucks to come in. And, do, and work for a day loading or unloading a shipment and, and get their pay in cash, and, and then go on, and that's the way they live their lives. So you had those kind of people that would work in the shipping industry um, to load and unload cargo or, uh, again, to help transport ships across the isthmus, however they managed to do that. Um, but that's what, there was a lot, of, it was pretty labor-intensive. Uh, it was a city that could commonly either make or break you, kind of like New York City. You know, you go there and you have big dreams, but a lot of people go there and go, go belly up. Um, some make it, some don't. That was that kind of city. So Paul arrives here in about A.D. 50 on his second missionary journey. Uh, he's been chased out of Philippi. He's been chased out of Thessalonica. He's been chased out of Berea. Uh, he uh, had come from Athens, um, where he wasn't really chased out. In fact, they, they welcomed his debate, but he didn't have a lot of success there. Even though he was able to share the gospel and speak with the, the people there, he didn't sway too many. But um, anyway, that's, you know, that's, that's Paul. That's kind of where he's at. Some of his companions and co-workers that had traveled with him to other places had deserted him by now. Uh, some of the younger ones, uh, he, you know, his, his um, modus operandi, was, so to speak, was to um, train the younger men of uh, start churches and then leave them behind to pastor those churches and nurture them on. And so some had been left behind to uh, minister to some of those fledgling works. So Paul was pretty much alone when he came to Corinth and began to build work there. He stayed with uh, a couple by the name of Aquila and Priscilla. Uh, He met a lot of opposition, not from them, but from others around there and was kind of forced to move. But he stayed in the area for a year and a half, about 18 months. Now the letter that he's writing, uh, 1 Corinthians, was written later back to the church at Corinth uh, from the city of Ephesus. And he writes to respond to various questions and issues that have arisen in the church. So you you kind of understand his testiness that seems to emerge a little bit in some of these things that he addresses. Um, but you know he 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 was he remained consistent. Um, but you know he was stern. He had to be. Um, Unfortunately, that's what church discipline is. It's not always pleasant, but it has to be consistent. But even as some of them fall into the sinful ways of the city, which was very easy to do, especially without Paul there to guide them, he encourages them to be different. The point to them was, look, don't be like everybody else. You're a child of Christ now. You have the Holy Spirit within you. Your behavior, your responses, your act, actions your thought processes are all different and so he's trying to encourage them to do that and he does so by emphasizing a couple of uh, important considerations now i don't know if i'm going to get through both of these on this podcast because i'm trying to keep them about 15 minutes or under and we're already at nine minutes into it so maybe i can get through the first one but uh, you know we'll take a shot at we'll see what happens <clears throat> but first thing uh, that he tries to tell them is that, look, Christians are called. We're, we're called by God's will, not by our personal ambition. Most of the people that you ran across there in that city were there and doing what they were doing and pursuing uh, their life's endeavor because that's what they simply chose to do. That's what they wanted. But in James fifteen 16, we're told, you've not chosen me. I've chosen you and, and ordained you. In other words, set you apart for a specific task. 2 Corinthians 5.20, uh, if we get that far, we'll, we'll hit that again. But he says, now then we are ambassadors of Christ. In other words, we, we represent Christ to the rest of the world. When people see us, that's who they should see. They should see Christ through us. Paul introduces himself in Galatians 1.1. Paul, an apostle, not of man, neither by man, or by men, but by Jesus Christ. So... The point he's driving home here is that Christians are called people. We have a God who has who has singled us out and assigned us a task and has burdened us with something we need to do. And that should always be, first and foremost, in every action we take, in every uh, responsibility we accept, in every relationship that we develop, we should understand that, We're here where we are doing what we're doing because God has called us for a specific task and we we need to keep our eye on that. So as we look into um, the scripture in that very first verse in Corinthians chapter one, verse one, um, Paul says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And Sosthenes, our brother, he's just addressing Sosthenes. That's what he's trying to say in there. But he's called um, to be an apostle through the will of God. So God has called him for that task. Folks, we're not so much called to a job as we are called to a position. Um, what we do is not just a job. It's you know we, We're holding a position in the army of Christ. Um, we're in battle. And in battle positioning is is everything um when when you go into battle it's important to get the high ground or get the advantage um you know get the get the place maybe where there's some cover uh, where the other where the enemy's out in the open and and you can attack them and, and, and defend yourself more easily in in any conflict or any contest having the right people in the right place is the difference between winning and losing. you got to have in battle someone, who, you're not going to have somebody firing your cannons that's never done it before. Um, you got to have medics so you need medics who are going to treat the wounded that have some experience in that area. Um, you single out sharpshooters and so you put them in a specific position where they have a good vantage point and they can pick off the enemy. That's all the difference in winning and losing, having the right people in the right place. And so God has called us with that in mind. He's, he's the master, uh, he's the general on that field of battle. And so he places us where he wants us because he has a reason. He's trained us for that, whether we know it or not. All our life is a training ground. Well, no one is called or is saved In order to just sit on the sidelines we're all called to go into battle we're saved so we can fight the battle so we can win others to Christ this life here on earth is not to relax that's not what we're here for just to relax and enjoy it and enjoy God's creation as wonderful it is as it is Um, God wants us to be about the father's business Um, you know this life is short it's hard to feel that way sometimes, and I'm sixty-nine years old, and and uh, you know now I can look back and see how fast the time went by. But when I was younger, it just seemed like the time just was very slow. It just drugged on and on. But when the body winds down and then someday stops, that's that's when we retire. That's when we rest. We have an eternity in heaven to look forward to. You know that God has 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 made a place for us to. So we we can't imagine the beauty and the comfort and the joy there. We think about the Garden of Eden. And this is going to surpass the Garden of Eden uh, beyond our imagination. Um, during the course of life, we as we grow older, we may lose the capability for one particular task, but that doesn't mean it's time to quit. It just means we move on to something else, something new. And uh, Jesus never shed his blood, so. We could keep it to ourselves he wants us to share the message of the gospel of jesus christ so everybody has a specific ability designed to fill a certain position you do i do everybody does now i didn't get anywhere near um, as far through this as i had hoped to do and i've only got a few seconds left so i'm going to sign off here and maybe in the next podcast we will pick up on the next point but we're still talking about christians are called, and all we've talked about right now is that we've been called to a position. But God bless you. Hope you tune in the next time.